0: The Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 33, Q Nevada Silver State Technology Conference with Heidi Carr. Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon.
1: Kyle, how are you, my friend?
0: I am doing very well. Ben, how are you?
1: I am very good. We are back. Episode 033 is what we're recording tonight. Um, I am... Ben Dixon, you can find me on the Twitterverse at nv, and you are?
0: I am Kyle Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at AndersonEdTech. I have my blog, andersonedtech.net, and I was recently encouraged to create an Instagram account to start plugging my book, and I'll spare the details, but Instagram screwed up before I could even start the profile and they locked me out of an account that i was trying to create so i created Uh i basically have two now and what i decided i'll keep one anderson edtech on instagram for my personal stuff and my professional stuff and then i've got one called to the edge edu that i'm going to use to market the book as more information comes out on that so that's clever you may have just gotten a little bit of a taste of what the book title is oh maybe yeah all right i will say that to the edge is part of the title of the book awesome Awesome. I will leave it at cool. that for now. Follow that Instagram and that you will get more information as it cool. comes out.
1: And we also, and I guess we should plug thanks to you because you've been kind of, you've kind of taken that over. We do have an Instagram for the Beer EDU podcast. Um, I have an Instagram. I always forget. Yeah, I have an Instagram too. And, it, and mine is the same. It's at BDixonNV. Real, I'm real original.
0: <laughs> you it's know what? Well, well I, I did the one Anderson EdTech because, you know, that's what my blog is. That's what my Twitter's been for years. So right. just wanted to keep things, you know, the same for the most part. And it's funny because I have never had an Instagram account, and now I'm basically running three.
1: Uh, I know. That's true. Y- so. You have taken that on. I, I should probably pick up the slack on that. Instagram is cool. I mean, I have to say, I, I use it... I don't use it as much for education. I mean, there's a ton of educators that I follow on it that post some crazy, awesome things. Um, I use it. I use it to look at uh, at bicycles,
0: <laughs> bike racing. Yeah, and I think this—that's what this one's going to be for me. My Anderson Ed Tech one is more of like a hybrid, kind of like my Facebook, where it's hybrid professional and personal. Yeah, like, yeah that's. Some... Like, but my very, my first post on it was my classic blue Anderson Ed Tech um, yep. thumbs up sticker. Whatever, just saying like, hey, I'm on Instagram now. But then my next one today, as we record this, I I took my kids up to Susanville, California to meet my parents because they're going to go stay with my parents for a while. And we stopped at a rest area and the kids were very confused when they saw a payphone. (laughs) And... I asked them if they knew what it was, and my daughter was hilarious and said, I think it's an old-fashioned phone from like the 1930s, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, not really. Well, and then there's this this older woman nearby uh, that was laughing hysterically. Uh, she thought that was pretty funny. I said, well, Elsa, you know, while that may be true, let's, let's say 1990s to make everybody feel a little bit better <laughs> about themselves. So, But that, oh. that was a, a picture that I posted on Instagram too. And what I'm starting to realize is that, the, I'm not on Facebook as much and when I do post on Facebook I'm it, it's pictures and I don't take a lot of pictures but I'm starting to realize that it connects to your Facebook anyway so I don't know why I wasn't on it sooner
1: I know that's the thing it's like I figured out that
0: there are certain
1: apps that I use social media apps that are connected I must have connected them to my Twitter and my Facebook and they post my Instagram is one of them yes I just post which is a nice feature we have to figure that out for the beer edu pod
0: you know what? I um I already was one step ahead of you trying to do it with um buffer that we use to schedule yeah, stuff and right. you gotta do a business account yes. for it, whatever, and that was kind of a pain trying to set it up. Well. So I just said whatever. But I actually I already set it up to where we can post <laughs> our stuff on our right, Facebook yeah. page from our uh, Instagram account. So well, so if you're following us on the Facebook page, yes. Beer EDU Podcast you're probably going to start seeing more stuff because what I've tried to do is even when we're not recording is that I went to a ball game the other night and yep. the beer I had there, I took a picture and I posted it to our Instagram account. Yep, so for sure, just something kind of fun. And I'm going to try to stay up on that by posting what the beer is and who makes it whatnot, just to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, give people something that maybe they want to go out and try to find and try. Cool. Well,
1: Hey, speaking of beer, yes, what do you have for tonight?
0: Uh, I got another local one here. We tend to stick with the local ones here, which is always good. Lead Dog Brewing has one called Hop Gods. It is a hazy triple IPA. Ooh. Yes. Um. Although that, I mean, right away you think this is going to be a banger, but it's actually not as not as heavy as oh. I expected. It's I I'm going to throw the air yes. quotes up. You can't see. It's only nine point nine percent.
1: Yeah. Well. Well, and I was shocked at the IBUs on that.
0: Well, because a it's a hazy. So, okay. it, you know, the IBUs are going to be a little bit lower because it's the hazy. I think the triple part is coming more from the malt that they're adding into the mash. So, but yeah, 9.9% ABV, which, you know, for a triple IPA, usually they're double digit. So I was a little surprised right. on that. The 45 IBU, juicy, very juicy, tropical right. fruits, um, a little bit of mango, a little bit of pineapple. There's a touch of... I'm calling it a dank and an earthy hot flavor to it. Right. It's really good. And my wife is not an IPA fan at all. She right. sipped it and she goes, wow, that is really good.
1: Oh, okay. So oh, uh, I got right, two got cans
0: left. One. So if one of them disappears, I'll know where it went.
1: <laughs> right on.
0: And what right do on. you have tonight?
1: So, so I have something, so I have, uh, I tried something totally different from Odell Brewing, which is out of Fort Collins, Colorado. I found them, uh, at a local alcohol distributor, my, my, my total wine distributor. Um, and it is their drum roll and it's an APA. So it's an American style pale ale. Um, they call it a hazy, so it's a hazy pale ale, and it's a, it's a 5.3 ABV, a 42 IBU, pretty much, a, I would say, a good middle-of-the-road pale ale. You know, it's got that—it's that, pretty bold. It's got some juicy juiciness to it because it's that hazy, and it's, it's, they use a lot of tropical hops.
0: Yeah, the hazy IPA craze, what, well, I mean, that, it's still going on, but now yeah. I am starting to see the pale ale starting to do that as right. well. Where they're just brewers are, they're they're taking advantage of what's popular. Oh, yeah. So and I remember a few years ago, I remember it was the shandy style, and oh, line Ly- yes. and Kugel started that whole shandy yes. thing, and now you can barely find any of their beer that's not a shandy, which is disappointing because I used to love line and Kugels, and now it's all like lemon shandy and cranberry shandy and whatnot. And now yeah. brewers are kind of doing the same thing where they yeah. they're really taking off with this hazy craze that. Um, I- that we actually looked at, you know, in a recent episode.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting because I kind of like my bar. We've talked about this. Like Sierra Nevada, for me, it's kind of like right there, and then I kind of judge everything around that. So it, it's, I, I, t- it tastes very similar to a, to just a an IP a regular pale ale. I don't I don't know, maybe my my palate is not sophisticated enough to taste the uh, the difference. But I mean, it's it's good. I, I would buy it again. It's, it's it's a tasty one. Oh,
0: no, that's all that matters right there so yeah, there we go so now we do have a guest tonight that we is did. unfortunately not a beer drinker as much no, as she's, no she's not i've tried to, con- to convert her into a beer drinker in the years <laughs> that i've known her but i have right. been unsuccessful so but um we have heidi carr joining us on the podcast today heidi how is it going
2: it's going wow well. how are you guys
0: Doing well. We've got we our beers, kids. and uh, we get to have a great chat here. So,
2: well, so speaking of beers I, uh, from Las Vegas nights, uh, Ryan Reeves is going to be opening a brewery um, in the Arts District here in Vegas.
1: I, I saw that. I saw that in it was in the Las Vegas Review or someplace had written about that.
2: Yeah. So it's coming. So yeah, I've hoping. been seeing
0: different things on that, and I just um, the. The pessimist in me, as a sports fan, I can see him getting traded next season. Now, he's going to open up that brewery in Vegas, and then he's going to get traded to, like, the New York Islanders or something like that.
2: (laughs) No, I think – doesn't he have – I want to say he has, like, a three- or four-year contract.
0: That doesn't mean anything. They could still trade him. But, no, he is kind of a fan favorite. So, I mean, I think they'd be hard-pressed to to trade him. And then he's not making a lot of money, so he's not – He's not killing their cap or anything to where it would require them to get rid of him so but no good for him I'm looking forward to seeing when that opens and then the next time I visit Vegas I'll definitely be checking that out
2: it's gonna be called seven five yep. oh, The number cool. seven and then spelled out five
0: just like his jersey number yeah. so, so I'm,
2: I'm excited that hopefully they have wine there or hard liquor but
1: i'm I'm sure they will
0: yeah being it's the arts district in downtown las vegas i'm sure they'll have a wide array of things and then
2: i'll go to Hop nuts
0: yeah if they and if i'm sure they got a patio and you could bring yeah you can go to hop nuts and get your get your long island iced tea there
2: there
0: we go so
1: i've i've yet to go to a brewery that doesn't have other things
2: well kyle has taken me to one that their wine selection were like three different wines (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah Tanea creek in las vegas uh yeah. they their wine selection was not very good but they did have they do have 20 of their own beers and then another 15 oh. guest taps at all times so they're not catering it. to the wine drinkers uh they're heidi they,
1: they don't make a moscow mule come on everybody has a moscow mule
0: now no they don't even have liquor at a lot of the breweries in las vegas they're they cater really? just to the beer
1: wow so, yep no, for- see you gotta you gotta come north because man I've yet to go to one that doesn't have
0: other things. So, but Well, <laughs> welcome, Heidi. And um, yes. why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself to the listeners. What do you do and uh, what, ki- what kind of things make you tick?
2: <laughs> well, um, my name is Heidi Carr and I'm an elementary educator here in Clark County School District, which is located in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're the fifth largest school district in the United States. Um, this year I will be teaching fifth grade and I am super excited to be able to work with, um, our fifth graders this year and learning with them and what makes me ticked. Oh, when people lie.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> so,
2: oh, isn't that okay. what you're uh,
0: what usually, usually ahead? it's like, you know, people talk about like what they do for fun or what kinds of oh. things in education makes them tick and, uh, you're going with like, what angers me kind of thing. That's okay too. We like that.
1: Heidi oh.
0: <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> that's good to know. I think yeah. that's important.
0: So now when people get to, they, they get to meet you in real life, they'll know, don't lie to Heidi. So that's good.
2: Yes. Yes. That is a pet peeve well, of mine.
0: And, and, and Heidi, you're, you're like
1: super involved in other things besides teaching. So, <laughs> so share with us some of that.
2: Um. Also currently the president of Q Nevada, which is um, a nonprofit here in the state of Nevada. It's a technology organization that provides professional development for educators. Um, we're also affiliated with Q, which is located in California, as well as ISTE, which is the International Society Technology Educators Association, as well. And then next year, for ISTE 2020, I will be part of the poster planning committee and I will be co-chairing mm-hmm. that as well um, with Miss Stewart from uh, Fresno area of California. I also um, founded Playdate Vegas mm-hmm. and then the Edu Nevada Voxer group that hopefully will get more active this school year.
0: And what is Playdate?
2: Playdate was, it's kind of like a similar to EdCamp per se, but it's a time where you bring different apps or tech tools and robots, and you just literally play with them and tinker with them and share. So I've done, the first year we did it, I did a breakout EDU and got to introduce mm-hmm. that to educators. We played with Spiros, Ozobots. One year we did it at the maker, or makerspace out here and they had like a woodworking shop and some other tools that um, schools in high school and some middle schools may have access to different tools where elementary it's not as sophisticated mm-hmm. here yet. Um, just a time for teachers to collaborate and learn with each other and actually have time to tinker with the different apps and uh, tech tools that we use with our learners.
0: So, not a structured kind of deal like a standard conference. It's just more, like you said, the Ed Camp where people just kind of come in mm-hmm. with their choice. Like, if they want to, to toy around with the robots, they can. If they get sick of that or don't, it's not their thing, then they can go toy around with something else.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. We've had, we've done Makey Makey's. Um, I think at both the events I've hosted. Last year, I didn't host one because I didn't have enough time um, in my schedule to add that to, um, my plates. However, I'm hoping this year that um, I'll be able to do that again. It's a free event and you just come bring what you want and collaborate and learn with each other, which we don't get to do as often as educators because we're so busy in our day-to-day to day lives in our little square boxes per se.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I mean, we're already super busy as it is and then uh, that little bit of free time you do have, so many of us just want to have that time to herself so you almost get you got to carve out that time to do things like going to ed camps and going to play dates and and that kind of stuff so it's 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 great to hear that you're trying to encourage more people to do those kinds of things
2: thank you i have fun it's fun to learn with other educators to see what they're doing because that's how i grow and i i know that's how a lot of us grow professionally as well so it's fun to see and take back and use with our students.
1: So so Heidi tell us a little bit about how how did you get started with Q and with Q Nevada and kind of how that how that progression hap- happened for you.
2: It was probably about maybe 11 years ago, 10 okay. 11 years ago and Clark County had like a tech fair, and at the time I was working, it was basically a tech coach, but that I can't remember what their title was back then, Mm -hmm. and she was working, and we were using Skype Mm -hmm. in our classroom, but Skype was blocked from our district, so we had a hot (laughs) spot, and then um, my principal was very supportive, and she ended up buying a hot spot, so I didn't have to pay for it out of my own pocket for us to (laughs) use it and we went and shared at some i don't know if it was like a tech fair or something but it was some district thing we went and shared and margie zamara was there who worked um, at the district office um, curriculum professional development office and then she kind of lured me in and i've been hooked ever since
1: <laughs> and now you're the president see what happens
2: <laughs> yes you know one one step but it's been great um professionally and personally for growth. And I've been able to meet and connect with amazing educators as well as people. Awesome.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I knew you were involved for a long time in the organization. I didn't realize it was that long though. So, um, because what, wasn't there a short time kind of in the interim where you left Nevada for a bit and then came back?
2: Yes, so I left Nevada for about a year. I was still kinda involved, but I wasn't a hundred percent involved, if that makes sense. Well, uh, you
0: were didn't it was Texas you went to, correct?
2: Yes. But um a lot of people kept me in the loop what was going on and then when I came back they convinced me that I should run for president. Um and then I did. I'm trying to think was that four years ago three years ago i think oh time goes by fast when you're having a lot of fun
0: well i i can fill in the gap for you because it was the same time that i ran for vice president and that was in 2016 the beginning of summer 2016 you ran for president i ran for vice president and then we've um since been elected to a second term for that so So, yep so now we are on our second two-year term uh, that'll go through next summer. So, and we'll see what happens at that point. Whether we run again,
2: <laughs> Team Carr Anderson. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, but and I, but I don't want to take the spotlight away from you by talking about my involvement in Q. Um, so I'd like to hear a little bit more about um from your perspective some of the stuff that we have done as an organization and if yeah. you want to mention me that's fine but <laughs> it's more about it's more about you at this point you know and right. the stuff that you've done and like how you've seen Q of Nevada grow as an affiliate since you've been involved um, now especially in the last couple of years right
2: well it's it's not nothing i have done personally it's been a group effort from everyone on the board including you Susan, um, Sarah, Ben, you were on there for a little bit as Real well. Right. Um, oh, no, yeah, I
1: didn't do anything. You guys are the rock stars. No,
2: you, you assisted, Tara, um, Deb, Anita, Margie, Tanya. So there's been a handful of us that have worked diligently to promote Q Nevada, uh, mm-hmm. support educators throughout Nevada. Uh, we're slowly growing up north. Um, and hopefully as the years progress and the more connections we make as individuals, then Q Nevada will be a familiar face. Mm -hmm. So Douglas, Mm -hmm. Washoe, Mm -hmm. um, we've done some events up there, Carson now. So hopefully we can get to some of our other counties as well. So
1: Elko, those kind of places Mm -hmm. gradually.
2: So some of the things we've done is we've held a tech event in Douglas County so that was exciting our first ed camp was this year in Carson City our membership has more than doubled right Kyle
0: um I'm trying to think I think it was hovering around 200 when I came yep. on in 2015 and then yeah we're
2: more than doubled
0: Yeah, we're between 450 and 500, I think, at this point. Mm Nice. So.
2: Our conference every year has increased by a lot. So last year we had over 250 attendees that were registered. That was phenomenal. Hopefully we could get up to at least 300 this year. Our vendors um, have increased as well. So that's been wonderful to get out since... Our state uses a lot of different vendors and when they come to our events it helps get their name as well as provide quick PD that some of our teachers don't always get so they could better understand their product and use it correctly in their classroom and our schools. There's a lot of new things that um, we have tried and it's working so this year for our state conference we have some Excellent new things coming. We have a PLN networking before the event for Friday night, so people have time to network and meet and greet each other and just kind of hang out. That way they'll have that time to collaborate before the event if they would like. And then we'll have our conference, which is Saturday and Sunday. Sunday we're starting later than normal, so that will be nice for everyone to be able to sleep in. And if they want to do the Vegas Strong October 1 5K, they can. And then we're hoping for more events up in the north, northeastern part of the state as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, we talked, we've talked to different people on this podcast that are part of Q affiliates from the California side. And then we've also talked to people that are involved in similar organizations across the country and even into Canada, because we have had some guests um, from Canada as well and one of the questions that maybe not necessarily on the show that comes up quite a bit is why do we do a 2-day event and the mm-hmm. answer my every time is very simple that that I give them and and Ben um will will give as well is that as a statewide affiliate you almost, you have to do it and because Nevada is absolutely huge yeah. and from from the northern border with Oregon and Idaho all the way down to Laughlin, you're talking like 800 miles. It's a a huge state. And in order to make it worthwhile for somebody that's seven, eight, nine hours away from Las Vegas, because that's where we have the event every year, you have to make it worth the while. So having a four or five hour event on a Saturday isn't going to draw the people from those northern areas.
2: Correct. And my goal, my dream would be to be like, like Michigan, um, Utah, even Q and California, like the affiliates for each state, it's like three or four days long. One day I'm hoping Nevada will get enough attendees to be able to come to a training uh, that's three to four days long um, at a different venue. That's not a high school and we could share and collaborate and we're slowly getting there but that is my goal since we are the state affiliates and the only tech organization it'd be nice to be able to have a big conference for the entire state for all of us to come and share and collaborate like other states have
0: Yeah, and to kind of piggyback that i think it'd be a lot of fun too to make that it rotating as well to where it's in las vegas one time it's in reno another time it's in it's in Elko another time, you know, just kind of rotate things around. Now, it does make it tougher because Las Vegas and Reno are obviously the big ones. You know, and Elko is a decent sized town. But then beyond that, it'd be hard to have the event and say and make it a big event in a place like, say, Ely or Tonopah, mm-hmm. where there may right. be 100 hotel rooms in the entire town right. when you want right. to try to attract 300 people, for example.
2: Very true. So hopefully, Elko would would be great, but it'd be hard to hold just because there's no airport for the right. small outline. Yeah, area.
0: Salt Lake City's your near one there.
1: Right, Correct. right. And, and at that point, you might as well drive from Reno
0: because it's pretty close to
1: being in the middle. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah I, I i think I think the events the events have grown from my perspective, at least in in my experience with Q and what I know about it but it is, I would agree that is a challenge because we are really two huge metropolitan areas. I mean, Vegas clearly bigger than Reno, but the two biggest metropolitan areas in the state are literally six and a half hours away from each other.
2: Correct. And hopefully this year we'll have more attendees from Northern Nevada and Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Northeast. I know the last two years we've had more from Northern Nevada, so hopefully that will continue. I know it's a struggle here in our state because every year it seems like legislation keeps cutting education. <laughs> so um and i know this is kind of off topic but that's like one of my biggest pet peeves lately is, besides lying yeah, <laughs> is well it is kind of in a sense it, it is you're right, right. It,
0: you're very that's very true out.
2: the media is not telling the whole truth so when they talk about washoe county You know, misusing funds. Well, Clark County is saying the same thing. You know, like, both districts have had to cut millions of dollars. Carson's had to cut millions of dollars. Douglas has had to cut money, too. So it would be nice for all citizens in Nevada to realize that it's not their district mismanaging funds per se. It's a state problem, but the media is not telling the whole truth on what's truly happening with the funds for well, education, and I,
1: I think what happens is, and we we've all talked about this before. You have one person who misuses or does something that clearly is is not acceptable, and that's the story that we go with, rather than you know um, taking taking a group of teachers to a conference. Like I had the opportunity to take a group of teachers down to um, down to San Diego to go to one of the big picture schools and see see like what really what PBL looks like and my teachers came back and they were so hyped and I mean and it actually I would argue it made it it made an instructional change in in our building to literally move us to move us towards more kids being successful but that's not you know we didn't do anything wrong we didn't we didn't end up we actually went to the schools and did all the things we were supposed to we didn't go to Disneyland
2: <laughs> no it, and it happens I see yeah. Like, right now, on Twitter the other day, I saw some someone post something, and I'm not going to say what group it was, went to a conference. Mm-hmm. And why, with budget cuts, do they send people to a conference? Well, it could have been Title I money. It, it could have been grant money. So, sometimes money has a specific purpose and a use that you have to use that money for PD. And I wish more educators would say, you know, it's not that bad that we're sending so-and-so to a conference because they should be taking that back to their school and sharing that information with their colleagues.
1: I I totally agree. I think think you hit the nail on the head is that that I think the general public sees schools have X number of dollars and those dollars are used, well, in their mind, they can be used for anything and that's not the case. We all know that, but we work in the system. Correct.
2: correct. That, so that's just watching between what's going on because I, since I grew up in northern Nevada, I'm so invested and I have friends that worked and then hearing it here, mm-hmm. it's just really annoying that we can't tell the public the truth about what's really happening.
1: <laughs> I, I, think, I think we can't. That's funny. I just had a conversation with the principal today and we talked about branding our schools and talked about getting, I, I think that's the thing is getting our message out and I think one of the things I think is great about what what you've done with well all of it you know all the people involved in Q is like sharing all the the great things that go on in schools and using tech in schools to improve instruction and, and what are good instructional practices I think we just need more of that.
2: I, I totally agree I think and branding is important it's it's completely important and I think social media does a great job with that so like I have a class Instagram and then I run I'll be running our school's Instagram account I just set that up for them this summer and a Facebook account and that's a great tool to share with your families and community all the awesomeness that's happening within your school building because it's our job to tell our story because if we don't tell our story someone else will and it may not be the story that's the truth that needs to be told.
0: Yeah, we had a great episode a while back with Tom Covington that said those exact words. Yep. And, oh, how funny. and Yeah, and I mean and you know Tom, you know, and what yes. a great dude he is. Yes. And um yeah, it was um just the way he put it was just it was so yeah. eloquent, but at the same time it was so Tom too, where, you know, because Tom is a even when he's serious, you know, he's just he's just a real lighthearted guy and just You know, to hear him say those words, it just meant so much coming from him. And then, like, now you just piggybacked it um, without even realizing it. And but, But you're both absolutely right. You know, just like with the media not telling the full story about how there's always the misuse of funds. What about the 15 other great things that are going on in our schools and how the money is being spent? And it's benefiting student learning. So not talking about Ben taking his teachers to San Diego to learn about PBL and then watching how many more kids, you know, pass their MAPS tests or whatever right. it may be.
2: No, I, I think that it is powerful is the PD that you, you're providing or conference you're attending is that impacting students. And only right. 9.9% of the time it will be impacting in a positive mm-hmm. aspect to our learners and our staff, because sometimes we have to pick, um, Certain teachers that we know are going to be the virus of our school, a healthy right. virus, of course, and they, it starts to spread where other teachers that maybe were a little hesitant because that's not in their comfort zone. They see the impact and the positivity that's happening within that classroom, then they want to do it. So it, it's like a domino effect within a school, and, a, and it helps the school culture stay positive as well.
1: Oh, for sure no that that's exactly it there's 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 multiple benefits to to taking staff and i I've had the opportunity luckily to take a lot of staff different places. Um, it'll be a little different this year as I am not at a title school, and I won't even discuss the budget that I have this year, but <laughs> but I think that's a great opp- it's a great learning opportunity for people.
2: well, one thing Ben, I will tell you, and I don't know your teachers may be aware of, but donors choose now,
1: yep okay. Yeah, and they will do. They will do them. And there's some. We have some stuff. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm angling. I'm angling real hard to take some to Palm Springs. I'm just saying. Oh,
2: that'll be awesome.
1: Not just to go to Palm Springs, to be clear. To go yeah, to the Q, the Q conference.
2: yeah. No, well, that'll be awesome.
0: And like it, we've said on this show before, that mid March in Palm Springs doesn't. It doesn't get much better than that. It. Does but then suck. let's just say. You are there with 5,000 other people that are right. there for the same thing as you, and that's to learn as much as they can to take right. back their classrooms and make their classes that much better. And if you oh, can yeah. pull it off as, if you're a site administrator listening to this and you're trying to figure out, should I take teachers to a big conference, like a Q, like a McCall, like a mm-hmm. TCEA or, or whatever it may be, You absolutely, if you budget-wise can pull it off, you need to do it because the benefits outweigh the monetary cost any day of the week.
1: Oh, for sure. I would agree with that.
0: And Heidi, now we're obviously, Q Nevada, we're not on the same level as Mother Q, as we like to call it, or the TCA's of the world. But we're trying to send that same message to come to Las Vegas September 28th and 29th for the state... um, the Silver State Technology Conference.
2: Correct. And I think one day we'll be able to get that big, maybe not people-wise, because we don't have that many educators in our state compared to Texas.
0: (laughs) California.
2: Or California. But I think we're on the right pendulum of increasing our attendance and educators wanting to come and learn. So this year we have a great lineup of presenters. I'm really kind of sad that I unfortunately don't always get to sit in the sessions the full time because we have a lot of amazing sessions from all over the United States and Australia.
0: Oh, Yes, there is a a presenter from Australia at the conference this year. We got a submission uh, from an educator in Australia uh, interested in presenting and their pitch was amazing and they are on the schedule.
1: Cool. Well, and I think that's important. To, that that's something to think about. It is a, I guess it's a state conference, but it's not. We're talking. We're you're bringing in national people. You're 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 getting the opportunity to learn from people. Not and there are great educators in Nevada. I've learned so much from the people in my district and Clark County and other districts. But you're you guys are bringing in other people too.
2: Yes, so we have we have presenters from Nevada, California texas Mm -hmm. ohio we have um two amazing keynotes um we have dr randall Sampson from ohio friend of the show
0: yeah definitely (laughs) yeah awesome
2: and you want to make sure you could come and be able to wear that amazing belt the championship belt and then we have from southern california kate which will be another phenomenal keynote speaker as well, so I'm excited. I know our two keynote speakers have been talking with each other, so I don't know if they're collaborating or have some type of plan, but all I do know is that they've been talking to each other, so I'm excited to see what's going to happen between the two of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and whatever whatever they cook up, you know is going to be solid gold. Oh, yeah that that's going to be good. So, and recent guest of the show Jessica Reed from Alabama is on the bill to oh. uh, to come. So, um cool. she had mentioned on her episode that she had submitted for the conference mm-hmm. and at that point the uh submissions had not been reviewed and the schedule had not been built yet, but um uh her name is on the uh bill and uh her I can I can't remember exactly what she named it, but um it's a Google session that she had talked about that she had presented at a couple of different conferences that she is planning to bring to the people of California Nevada and, and really the West when she comes to Las Vegas in the fall.
2: And this year we'll have over 70 different sessions. So our oh, wow. every year we have more sessions. So I can't wait. I wish I could go to all of them because they are phenomenal. I'm really bummed that I can't make it, but it's, being part of the review process and being able to see and then putting together that schedule was the FOMO was really (laughs) because Kyle and I and the rest of the board we can't make it to the sessions like a typical attendee, but we're able to pop in to check on things and lots of fabulous learning and collaboration is gonna be happening the 28th and 29th this year
0: so what Uh, you're saying heidi is that when putting on a two-day conference with 70 plus sessions a bunch of vendors and two great keynotes it takes a lot of work and you don't have time to go to sessions is that what you're saying
2: that is correct (laughs) we are running around smiling and checking up on everyone and from what i've been told q nevada Board members, we give one of the best conferences because we're some of the best hostesses with the mostest.
1: Oh, that's you know that's important. It's not just it's not just a session. It's it's about the whole conference experience. We've talked about this that some of the best learning takes place not just in a session but outside of the session.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So we try to make sure that our attendees, our presenters who are volunteering their time and expertise, um, feel welcomed. When they are at our events, cool. Yeah.
1: So not only not only are there going to be sessions, but you also are able to bring in different vendors. And and, and like, what kind of things are, are you expecting? You know, if an attendee if an attendee shows up, what are, what are some of their options, or,
2: or what are they going to be able to see? So they could go to our vendor hall. Mm-hmm. Um, our vendors are still uh, registering. Okay. We have um, like Girls Who Code um, are going to be there. Um, Hutlin and I always forget.
1: Huteland and Rifflin.
2: Uh, Yep. They'll be there.
1: Okay. They, they, major publisher. Cool. Yes. They're doing all kinds of stuff with uh, not just, you know, they're doing tech. They're doing all kinds of things.
2: Um Deck will be there. They will cool. be, you'll be able to see. They have a, gr- a lot of great new integrations. Cool. One of them they released I think it was the summer, towards the end of May with uh Microsoft. Oh yeah. That was
0: an ISTE announcement. That was yes, okay. that was okay. yeah, that was a big one. And uh I knew about that one ahead of time as a pair deck coach and it all oh, it was like I was sitting on my virtual hands yeah. in order to not just like blow up on that one because you know, that's one that Pear Deck is something, it's such a great tool, but people in Microsoft districts were never able to use it right. until right. now. And now, um, you know, Ben, you're in a Microsoft district yep. and now I'm trying to figure out a way to put on a, a Pear Deck presentation for the people of Washoe County because now it's something that's relevant to them. Ooh, yeah.
1: Oh
2: yeah. It was McGraw Hill education. That, oh. that, oh, that okay. Hill will be there. Infobase cool. will be there. Um, Mastery Coding will be there so far, so there'll be more vendors that will be um, registering, and we've been in contact with a few others, so once they confirm with us, um, we'll announce that, and our website will also show what vendors will be there, so if teachers are looking for specific ones as well, and then our sessions, we have Google, we have Microsoft sessions, Mm -hmm. Flipgrid, Coding...
0: Wow, and for the people in Nevada, there's a session. There is one session on Infinite Campus too. Some uh, kind of oh, hidden tricks with cool. Infinite Campus that uh, might be of interest to a lot of people.
2: Yes, oh, that. and then we'll also have a lady from UNLV who's going to be sharing us ways that we could get digital. Um, newspaper articles, hmm. um, online. She's working with a grant with UNLV as well, so we'll be learning about the Nevada Library Association information on what they're doing to digitalize old newspapers.
1: Oh, cool! So like primary source type stuff. That's that's awesome.
2: Yep, primary, secondary. Okay. Um, will be like for, it's for primary and secondary educators. Okay. And they'll be able to uh, participate in the nationwide historical newspaper digitalization initiative that's happening wow. in Nevada. That's
1: awesome. So yeah, there's, so it sounds like there's, there's a lot there. There really is. It's, it's a, it sounds like a, there's a ton of stuff. It's one of those, it sounds like one of those conferences where you're gonna have a hard time choosing.
2: Yes. This year I'll say it's probably going to be the hardest than our previous ones. Cause each year it truly gets better. And that's because of you guys, everyone who submits and our educators that are a part of Q and want to continue to share and grow with us.
0: And on top of that, on a completely different note, you get fed both days, breakfast and lunch. Ooh. That's always important.
2: <laughs> yes, and it's actually really delicious.
0: Yeah, we, it, we've been working with Jason's Deli now for a couple of years, and uh, they have not let us down. So now we've talked this up and how great it's going to be and how you're getting free food and all that stuff as part of your ticket. So um, we will obviously put links in the show notes to where you yes. can register. But Heidi, why don't you tell us a little bit about the the tickets and then the kind of deals that Q Nevada is running to um, try to save educators some money in order to uh, come to this event?
2: Well, first I'll say, if you don't like the conference, blame Kyle. If you love the conference, then.
0: (laughs) So you can give all the credit to the females of the board. I am the only male on the board. So I am usually the fall guy and I'm okay with that. I will take, I will take the fall.
2: (laughs) So (laughs) we have some tickets right now. I'm going until, I want to say the end of August. I better um, double check the dates. But to register for single, um, if you're able to do it. single, we have group tickets. We have school discounts as well for everyone. So the more people you bring, the cheaper. It will actually be for your teachers and or school. So I always say get a whole bunch of friends together. And collaborate and share the cost because it will save you a lot of money.
0: Yeah, so So. right now we have our our single tickets are $99 through the end of August, like you mentioned. And again, that includes all those sessions, the vendor hall, the two keynotes, and then breakfast and lunch on both days. So I know of a lot of one-day events that cost that much. And you're getting a (laughs) two-day event out of it.
2: Um, And then we also have, if you register 25 teachers, it's $1,500. So that's basically $60 a person. Or okay. if you bring five friends, you get one friend free. So that mm-hmm. will cut your costs down to about $82.50. Or you could bring 10 and get the 11th free, so that will be about $80. So the more you bring, the cheaper it will be for you and your party and prices will be going up.
0: Yeah, so if you're listening to this now, this is posting at the end of July, so you got about a month until the price really starts to increase. So, you know, before the price increases, definitely jump on and register and then, you know, it's Las Vegas in late September. The weather is usually still really great. You know, sometimes it's still pretty hot, but the weather's pretty great and you're going to get a full weekend in Las Vegas with like-minded people that want to learn just like you. So we're completely biased, but it's a pretty sweet deal. It It is a great great deal.
2: And the sale ends for $99 August 31st, and then I believe it goes up to $109 on September 1st. Okay. So you want to get your tickets in. However, your group discounts stay the same throughout the entire time.
0: And again, what um, can you share those dates again for the conference?
2: Oh, yeah. The 28th and 29th of September. It's basically the last week of September. So the last three years, that's been our tradition, the last week of September. For those of you that still want to do the Vegas Strong Run on Sunday, you still can because we did um, take that in consideration since um, that is A tradition now here in Las Vegas so we started our conference time late so you could still participate in the 5k
1: cool no that's that's a great I see you can go down go to a conference get a run in
2: yes what a better way to spend your weekend and hang out with some amazing educators
0: Now, Heidi, uh, another question a lot of people are probably going to have, is there going to be any opportunity for like continuation credit or anything towards like state licensure or college credit or anything offered?
2: So that is pending. It will be a half PDE or an in-service credit. Um, So far in our history, we have never been denied but it's still pending and once we get that approval it will be posted on social media and our website and then Eventbrite as well so that way you will be aware of the half PDE credits. Some of you guys may be like wow that's a lot of work for a half PDE credit but due to how um, Nevada Department of Ed calculates hours and stuff it we meet the requirements for just a half PDE credit only.
0: But it's not just about the credit you're getting. It's about the connections you're making. It's about the learning that's taking place that you're taking back to your classroom. So while the credit is definitely nice, uh, there are so many other benefits on top of that, though.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the learning and the impact you're going to make on your students and your school and or district is going to outweigh that half PDE and service credit. Right. Right.
0: All right, so, well, Heidi, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of it about your story and then your passion for education and then the event coming up in Las Vegas. So, like yes. I mentioned, we will be putting all of those links in the show notes. Um, one last question, um, is the schedule available that where people can see that at this point or is that something that's still pending? Well, our
2: goal is to make that schedule Live this weekend, so we just have a few more tweaks, and the schedule is ever revolving. So even the week <laughs> the day of the conference, that online sched is very important because things change, and we yep. may have to move speakers <laughs> to a different room, or something may happen when we unfortunately have to cancel a session. So. Our schedule is never 100% set in stone, but our goal is to release the, this weekend. All
0: right. So, if Perfect. you're listening to this, yep. the, the day that this is posting is the goal then for when this schedule yep. is going to post. So, by the time you're listening to this, the schedule may be live at that point. So, and if it is, we will definitely post that link to the schedule in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so look for it. Look for it at that time.
0: Perfect. So, well,
1: Heidi, thank you so much for coming on.
2: No, thank you so much for having me, Ben and Kyle. I truly enjoyed being able to share and hang out with you guys tonight.
1: I know. I was just thinking, I'm like, oh, it's right because we've known you, and, and Kyle's known you longer than I have. And I'm like, how do we go 33 episodes with not having you on? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's because I'm the redheaded stepchild. I'm just
0: <laughs> Well, you may be the redheaded stepchild, but a true story in the beginning I don't know if you would have ever come on because you were never that comfortable coming on like that and since uh, since that now you've been on a couple different podcasts. I know for a fact well, you were on, you were on the undercaffeinated podcast I'm with good. our friends Joel, Aaron and Ashley.
2: Uh, yes, and I've been on podcasts before then and then something you all probably didn't know. Back in the day we used to have me and three other teachers we did a show called DC TV 40. Back in the day, and I can't Whoa. even remember the platform we used to use, but it no longer exists. But we would be live every wow. weekend. So, yes.
1: Yeah, so. Wow. Nice. You're ahead of the game.
0: You need to find um, somebody that has the files of that and share that with the world now. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm intrigued because now yeah, I, yeah, I no need because I, I know that. You know, you are a self-proclaimed. You you don't you don't enjoy public speaking, and sometimes it's tough to go on things like this. So now I have to hear this.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah, I have to find. I'll share it with you. I will have to see. I know there was a website and all that stuff, but yeah, we used to do things. I I try to keep what I do underneath the table. Like, oh, I do broadcast all the stuff I do because that's just not my personality. Well,
0: yeah. you need to start taking more advice from our friend Randall. Uh, capture, yes. curate, and share your experience. Yes.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, You're right. yeah.
0: You're right. I, I, I honestly wonder... I think we we probably have more episodes where we have not dropped Randall's name than we have where we have dropped his name. He is Uh. he is a common denominator on this show. So and what's sad, we have not had him on yet.
1: I know. I was just thinking that I'm all how is how have we not had him on?
0: Well, to our to our benefit and, and, and to our credit he is a busy dude so i'm not sure if we'd be able to squeeze him in
1: he's kind of a yeah that is true author he's he's got he's got a bunch of he's got some stuff
0: yeah
2: okay so in the chat box i shared with you guys back in the day when we did dc tv 430 so i was right all
0: right can can we share that with the world or is that just for us
2: Sure,
0: (laughs) okay, we're putting that in the show notes then, so you can you'll be able to hear Heidi's old podcast stuff. So,
2: awesome, nice, all right.
0: (laughs) Well, again, Heidi, (laughs) thanks for sticking around with us. Stick around for a few more minutes because we're I know you're not a beer drinker, but we always do our learn about beer, and you might be interested, might learn something new, but in the meantime. Please, please keep the conversation going and please go on and join us in Las Vegas in September. Yes. So we're gonna post these in the show notes. Please join us, but keep that conversation going. Email us at beeredupodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at beeredupod, hashtag beeredupod. We got the Facebook page, beer edu podcast. Yes. That Instagram, we've had oh, yeah, it for I, a year. Yeah, we've
1: had it, and now somebody's actually posting. We're
0: we're gonna hot. start. It, we're gonna start be better and being better about it. So, um, yeah. and the, part of the reason was Ben, you were the Instagram guy. I wasn't.
1: I, I I will totally own my failure on the Instagram. So,
0: and then Heidi, you are active on the social medias. Um, is there any place that we can find you?
2: You can find me on Voxer and Twitter at car underscore eight or on Instagram, you guys could follow my class account, um, which is Crific Class. And that's for Instagram. So that's cool. where different things I do in my classroom with my learners.
0: Very awesome. nice. And um, I can't say I've ever seen any of your stuff on the Instagram from that because I just joined Instagram. Yeah. So, um, But I do know that you are very active with that. And then you do have the the Facebook page, too, Um uh, carrific resources as well.
2: Yeah. Yes, I sure do.
0: So, I will put that in the show notes as well. So, um, you can also send us a voice message on the Anchor app yep. and we will put that in the show. We love reviews on iTunes, so more people find the podcast with reviews. And then, if you would like to be a guest on our show, visit our website bit.ly/slash beer edu podcast. Click on the contact and subscription info link. Complete that guest form and we will be in touch to get you here on the show.
1: Yes, please, please do that. So now it's the part where we're going to, we learned a lot about Heidi, we learned a lot about Q, but now we're going to learn about beer. Yes. Kyle, so what, tell us, tell us, what do we got for today?
0: So I have the triple IPA style and it made yes. me start to think a little bit. I, I mean, and I knew this answer, but maybe a lot of people don't realize what does that triple mean and there's also a lot of beers out there you'll see the word double and then even quad with some of them mm-hmm. now a lot of times you're seeing these are referring to belgian style beers and Ben and I we you and I are not shy about our love for belgian style beer no oh, yeah. probably yeah. that i th- the when i finally get to go to europe someday belgium yeah. is going to be probably the bulk of my trip wow. just so i can go drink belgian style beer because it is just such an amazing style we're having a
1: debate. yeah we're having a debate in our house right now you know because there's a, there's talk of us taking a trip both my both my children have been to europe and so we were like well we have to take a trip and it seems to be that's that's where the consensus is go- well i'm lobbying really hard for belgium that's that's just
0: me yeah and you're close enough at that point where you might as well go to germany too oh of course and <laughs> so,
1: Amsterdam, to paris so yeah there we i are. mean
0: <laughs> y- you're gonna be in beer central essentially so right. but you're gonna see a lot of beers where double is gonna be spelled d-u-b-b-e-l triple mm-hmm. is going to have the e and the l transpose at the end um so that's gonna be your belgian styles and those that's not the style i was drinking tonight Um, These were originally brewed by Belgian monks at their abbeys Where they would brew beer for their own consumption Well then they started to realize that they could support the abbeys By selling the beer So they started making more Well then they started to capitalize on the idea that they could make stronger beers Doubles, they're usually dark They got a higher ABV They're stronger versions of what the monks are drinking Because well the monks have to be able to function in their careers. And right. a lot of times, we've talked about dark beer before, and the darkness in most beers is coming from how much they roast the malt off. Okay. Right. This one is different with the Belgian doubles. They use caramelized beet sugar. Uh huh. And what that does is that it contributes to the darker color of the beer, but then it also imparts, and this is why I love the Belgian style beer so much, you're getting a beer that has notes of chocolate dark fruits like plums a lot right. of times and then you get like almost like a burnt caramel but like not burnt like as in a bad way obviously right hops very minimal they don't use a lot of hops just maybe to bitter it just a little bit the malt that sugar that beet sugar and the yeast is what's going to give the flavor and those belgian yeast strains they add like a peppery spiciness to it and then you get a little bit of the fruitiness as well mm. and then again they tend to be higher in alcohol. Like the doubles, like most of the doubles I've seen are like 8%. Right. Now, triples, most people would think like, oh, well, if a regular beer is 4% and a double is 8%, well, then the triple must be at 12%. Not necessarily. Usually the triple, they're about the same as the double in ABV, but the triples are all most of the time golden in color because they don't use that beet sugar. And they'll use like a Pilsner malt, uh, much like right. your standard German beers do. And again, these are usually like 8, 9, 10%, but they're really sneaky. They don't um they don't have that alcohol bite, and they're very drinkable, and they're right. great on a hot day, and they can really sneak up on you. And then lastly, you've got the quads. These are these are more like the Belgian strong dark ales, the one that and I, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing this, the one that most people would know is the Chimay, C-H-I-M-A-Y. Yep, that's that, that, classic. Yeah, that's the classic Belgian strong dark ale. The quads are usually very dark, but they don't have that roastiness like a stout does. Most of the time it's the fruity flavors from the Belgian yeast. Uh, there's an Abbey outside of Chico, Nevada, that Sierra Nevada works with, that they do an excellent quad that's um, made with plums. Ooh, that wow. uh, it's part of their um ovila line that they release every year. And anytime I can get a hold of a bottle of that stuff, oh, it's so good! Yeah, I've
1: had those, those are super tasty.
0: Yeah, those those definitely rank high on the uh untapped scale whenever I check one of those in. So now, when it comes to the American beers, the double, the triple, I've, I've never really seen quad on, on yeah. an American style beer, but the doubling, the tripling. Usually you see it with IPA, you'll see it with stouts, that kind of stuff. And what it means is it's the doubling or the tripling of a beer ingredient. So Mm -hmm. if you're doubling or tripling the malt, that means you're trying to amp up the ABV. So this triple IPA that I'm drinking tonight, they amped it up the ABV by tripling the amount of malt in it. So the yeast had something to snack on to create that alcohol. Um, right. But sometimes, especially with the IPAs, that means also that they'll add more hops. So rather than like your standard, you know, IPA, a double would have double the amount of hops in it or more in order right. to give more hop character to it. So that's
1: been my experience is the ones i've usually have have definitely had to double 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 the hop so you're you're hitting those ibus are a lot higher
0: right and now again sierra nevada that's kind of our go-to one that we always talk about sierra nevada's um torpedo extra ipa is a standard ipa it's a i'm recalling off top of my head i don't have it in front of me like 65 ibu Then They make their triple IPA every summer called Hoptimum. And that one has been anywhere from like 85 to like 100 IBU. But I recently had a triple IPA from Revision Brewing in Reno. I believe it was the Dr. Lupulin uh, triple IPA. And that clocked in at 133 IBUs. But you know what? That one was really sneaky too because... The hop combination they used, it didn't have that super bitter or that earthy dankness to it. It was very well balanced and had a lot of tropical notes to couple up with like pine notes to it. It was right. very drinkable for a beer that was like 12% with 133 IBU. Wow.
1: Wow, that is pretty. Whew, that's a lot. I mean, I just I just pulled up the optimum. So that's gonna be your 9.6 ABV, but it's and it's a hundred even IBU.
0: Okay. Yeah, I would say I know the original one was a hundred, but they change the recipe most years yeah. on it, so it, it does vary from well, year to year. I
1: think, I think you're exactly right. I think it's that one that that once you start getting to that where you start doubling and tripling, it's it's. I think it's more where brewers might disagree. I think it becomes more of an art than a science sometimes,
0: of what they're getting. Oh, absolutely. So because, I mean, they're not they're definitely not catering to the average beer drinker. When no, they're when no, they're no. kicking a beer that's 133 IBU, they are definitely catering to the hop heads that are out there, and I'm not True. referring to, you know, that, that is not the derogatory term that we referred to people that smoked pot back in the day. These no. are people that really enjoy their hops, right. and right. you know, I the first triple IPA I remember ever having was Sierra Nevada Hoptimum. and oh yeah, and just re, I just re, remembering how smooth of a beer it was oh, with yeah. that high of an IBU. And sure. don't get me wrong, I, there's some that, their hop combinations that they're using, that it, it is just not an enjoyable beer. It's, it's no. super dry and right. you almost, it's almost like taste like chewing on a pine cone or something, but right. there's a lot of brewers doing a lot of great things by doubling and tripling their, their hops or their uh, malt additives in order to amp up that ABV. So, you know, if you if you can make a an 11% beer at 100 IBU tastes like it's drinking at about four percent you're doing something right
1: oh for sure for sure wow so i you know what that i love i love this segment because i had no idea uh, about how those i had a general idea but i was unaware of of all those different uh ways that you could uh, go with a double or a triple or a quad
0: yeah one i thought i knew about those styles the belgian styles and then the doubling right. and tripling and american style beers but when I when I went down this rabbit hole, I really I didn't know much about it at all. Yeah. And so this was enlightening for me as well. well there we go.
1: there so. we go. So, hey, I mean, that wraps up uh, this episode. Um, Heidi, again, thank you so much for being on the show.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to seeing hopefully you down here, too, in September, if not in Q in March.
1: Yeah, hopefully I will be, I'm not sure about September, but for sure I'm planning the spring one.
2: Perfect.
0: All right, so coming up very soon in your ears will be episode 34. And until then, and until next time, may the Malt and the Hops be with you. Right on.